Hi, welcome to Destiny Church's weekly podcast. We're a church located in Columbia, Maryland, right between D.C. and Baltimore. And we're so glad that you decided to listen to our podcast. If you're looking for a message of hope, purpose, and destiny, then you're tuned into the right place. If you have any testimonies of what God has done in your life as a result of listening to this podcast, please email us at stories at yourdestiny.church. We love to hear how God is impacting people's lives through what he's doing at our church. Now, prepare your heart and mind to hear from God as we jump into this week's message. You guys doing well? Man, I'm pumped. Have you eaten all your food? <laughs> I'm not used to this like quarantine thing. And we went out and we, we did. We raided the supermarket and, you know, filled up all our fridges, got all the toilet paper we would need. And then it's like you're locked in your house and you're like, there ain't nothing else to do but eat. <laughs> so, but no, this is, this is going to be a good time. I think this is a time of just kind of slowing down and evaluating and looking at life. This is also time of ratchet memes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where all these memes are coming from. Uh, there was one that is so disrespectful, but it was like Corona Deshay the virus. Stop harassing those people and get in this house right now. And I'm like, that is so disrespectful. There's another one that has like two Barbie dolls. It has like skinny Barbie. And it says before quarantine. <laughs> and then it has big boned Barbie. And it says two weeks into quarantine, which is where we all are. So if this whole situation means that I get to gain weight. This is a miraculous season. Don't laugh. Don't say amen. That's not a point. Okay, let's get to the word before I get myself into trouble. If you have a Bible, pull it out. If you have your phone, grab it. Oh, our, our, our studio audience, they have their Bibles. They're going to look super spiritual and godly and take notes and all that other kind of stuff. What you don't know is they raided the info booth at the church right before this. All these Bibles. Y'all better put those Bibles back when we're done. But John chapter 5, John chapter 5. And, and I don't know why. I kind of always... Um, I don't even know why I do it, but I'll always like apologize for being strong or being direct or whatever it may be. And I'll act like that's abnormal, even though I'm strong and direct every single Sunday in every message. But I'm just feeling just extra bold uh, today and in this season with this message. So I got a message for you called Stay Stuck If You Want To. That's kind of self-explanatory. So I'm going to just go ahead and read the Bible. In John chapter 5, verse 2, it says this. Now, there in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Y'all, we've been locked up for like, what, seven days? <laughs> and we are losing our man. This man was stuck for 38. I can't even wrap my mind around that. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me another step, uh, put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. 
And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. So I, uh, I woke up Monday morning in, you know, this last weekend where we we're trying to figure out, are we going to be meeting in buildings, all that's going on. It was kind of just a whirlwind and, and we kind of made it through it. Last weekend was amazing. We had more people tune in online than ever before. I'm, it's just, I really think, and I'm already off track, but that's all right. I think this is going to be the greatest season the church has ever experienced because more people are going to hear the hope and freedom in God through technology than ever before. But, but I, I woke up Monday morning and um, it, I, 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 I've never seen Twilight. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But it, it, like, it felt like I was in a movie and it struck me that this COVID thing is not going away. At least for right now, this is our new face. <laughs> like, really, man, that's not very encouraging. But it's just like, this, this is our new reality. We don't know how long restaurants, at least in Maryland, are going to be closed down. They're saying possibly to the end of March, maybe further or whatever, maybe. We don't know when school is coming back. There's a, kind of, a lot of just like, I don't know, I don't know, we don't know. And, and I was just thinking, so, so what am I going to do? Because I have two options. I can sit around and just wait for something to change, which if you know me, I'm not the sit around and wait type of person. And I'm more so thinking, what am I supposed to be doing in the meantime? I I was thinking about this passage of this man that for 38 years was waiting for something to change. He was waiting to get down into that pool. He was waiting for somebody to help him in. Could you imagine? And, and, and it's crazy. I was actually at the pool of Bethesda wow. when we went on our trip in Israel in 2017. They took us to the pool. And y'all, it, it wasn't much bigger than this area right here. Like it was, it was smaller than, than this platform. And they literally had all these different balconies everywhere. It was super tight. And you could just imagine how many people were packed into that small space. There was definitely not social distancing going on in that moment. And he was waiting for somebody to help him to be the first of hundreds to get into that pool. 38 years he was waiting for something to change. And here's the thought that crossed my mind. What are you waiting on to change? For all of us, it's this whole COVID-19 and how are we going to move forward and what's life going to look like and all that other good stuff. But but this may sound insensitive. Uh, We had problems before COVID. (laughs) This is the most glaring problem in our lives and the most glaring barrier. But we had other things that we were waiting on. Maybe you're waiting on a healing. Maybe you're waiting on on a relationship to be restored. Maybe you're waiting on a relationship to be started. Maybe you're waiting on a financial turnaround or a promotion at your job or whatever it may be. What are you waiting on and what are you doing while you're waiting? It struck me that we have a whole lot of free time on our hands. Ain't no restaurants to go to. Ain't no movies to watch. <laughs> like, like we're literally, there's just a lot of time. And if we're not careful in the waiting, we could actually miss out on what could be one of the greatest gifts we've received in 2020. So I want to give you just, just, just three things that, that I feel like God just laid on my heart. Stephen, this is what you should be doing while you're waiting for this virus to blow by and, and whatever it is you're waiting on. So here we go. First thing is this, and, and, and y'all know my drill. Uh, uh, write this down. 
If you love Jesus, write this down. Uh, if you don't love Jesus, <laughs> Sylvia, you know, you really need to write this down. So first thing I need to do is this. I, I need to fix my eyes on Jesus. Yeah. I need to fix my eyes while I'm waiting for whatever I'm waiting for to change. Whatever you're waiting on while you're waiting, fix your eyes on Jesus. Here's what's happening. Here's this paralyzed man. He's waiting 38 years to get in into the water. And Jesus comes up to him. Now, I don't know if he knew who Jesus was. It says later on in the passage that he doesn't even know who healed him. It was later on that he found out it was Jesus who healed him. But, but Jesus walks up to him. So it's not just Jesus. Healing walks up to him. Miracles walk up to him. The creator of the universe, the king of kings and lord of lords walks up to him. And he says, what can I do for you? He says this, do you want to be made well? Do you want your situation to change? And here's what the man said. He said, I don't have anybody to help me get into the water. He said, every time the angel comes down and he stirs the water, that I I can't be the first one in and I'm not able to get healed. Now, I believe that Jesus is just as ignorant as Stephen is. I believe that's actually where I got my spiritual gift of sarcasm and ignorance. If I was Jesus and I said, do you want to be made well? And this man said, I have nobody to help me. I'm going to say this. What? That's not what I asked you. Did did, did I ask you how you're going to happen? Did I ask? No, no, no. I didn't ask you, do you have help? I asked you, do you want this situation to change? And I'm just asking wherever you feel stuck in life, what are your eyes locked on? Are your eyes locked on all the things you think has to change before your situation changes? Or are your eyes locked on Jesus? Can I talk a little bit? My body can be paralyzed, but that doesn't mean my faith has to be paralyzed. My physical body can be quarantined, but it doesn't mean that my hope, that my faith, that my belief in God has to be quarantined. My physical body is one thing, but my hope and my faith is a completely different thing. This paralyzed man, his eyes were locked on everything that said nothing was gonna change. His eyes were locked on the fact that he was disadvantaged. He didn't have apparently family or friends to help him into the water. His eyes were locked on the fact that only one person could get into the water at the time and be healed. I believe his eyes were locked on how long he was in that situation. Like, let's not beat up on him. 38 years is a really long time. I mean, that's enough time for your hope to be stolen. (sighs) Can I stay out of trouble, Jackie? Okay. okay. (laughs) Some of us, our hope got stolen in three days. I mean, I mean, you're going to say it, you're going to say it. Right, Sean? (laughs) I mean, we we put a fancy name on it, called it Corona. I don't know who came up with that. (laughs) And all of a sudden, all our hope, all our faith, all our dreams, all our aspirations. Yeah. Pastor, that's not me. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of this virus or whatever it may be. I'm, you know, trusting God and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but what are some other things that maybe we've given up hope on? Because it's taken longer than we thought it was gonna take. And here's why. Because the focus of our eyes were off. We're looking at our situation. We're looking at our problems. We're looking at our barriers. We're not looking at Jesus. One of the reasons why so many of us are paralyzed in fear right now is because we're spending more time staring at the news 
This is just me. I know it's just me. Does everybody have a cousin who works at the Pentagon now? I mean, <laughs> yo, my cousin works at the Pentagon. He was telling me, man, you know, my cousin works at, not everybody works at the White House. I mean, there is so much misinformation coming and we're staring at our phones and I'm not beating you up. I'm in the same boat. I'm glued to my phone. I'm glued to the news. I'm glued to that ticker tape. And, our, and because our, fo- listen, your focus becomes your faith. If you focus on fear, if you focus on what's going wrong, if you focus on, on, on all the shortages and this and that and all that other kind of stuff, that becomes your faith. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. What am I doing while I'm waiting? I'm locking my eyes on Jesus the originator and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, watch this, disregarding the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So here is Jesus going to the cross and the Bible says he wasn't even focused on the cross. He was focused on the reward on the other side. He was fixing his eyes on the mission that his father gave him. And that's why he was able to get through it. Hear me, if you're fixed on the ticker tape, on the news, on whatever it is that's telling you whatever you're believing for will not come to pass, you are gonna be paralyzed in fear and hopelessness. We have to learn to fix our eyes on Jesus. I was reading about ballet dancers. Pray for me, but that's just kind of, pastors, we find an analogy ever. Pastor, you sure? Yeah, so I was reading about ballet dancers, and as you know, and and different type of dance has it, there's a lot of spinning involved in in ballet dance. My kids, they like to spin, and they'll spin a little bit, and then they'll just flop on the floor because they get super dizzy, you know. (laughs) Think about all the things that my wife tells me not to do. I like to grab my kids by one foot and just hold them and just spin them around. And my wife, her heart, like you can see her heart jumping out of her chest, and Roma's just like, ah! (laughs) And then she's like, they just ate. I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. But they said, here's how ballet dancers are able to spin and not get dizzy. It's something called spotting. Dancer, come on, you you know. They they find a item or something that is not moving and they lock their eyes on it. Don't laugh at me, but I'm not the firstborn, I'm the secondborn. The firstborn was my sister Stephanie, so she would make me watch figure skating in the Olympics. So I actually know a lot about figure skating. That's not good, that's not good at all. I just lost my man card. But uh, if you see the figure skaters, when they're spinning, they'll kind of whip their neck like this, right? And they're going back to that stationary item that has not moved. Because they've learned it doesn't matter how much I'm spinning. If I, I'm preaching now, if I lock my eyes on the one thing that's not moving, then I won't get dizzy. Now, I did research because I don't know squat about ballet dancers. So I was like, let me actually look this up. And as I was looking it up, I discovered that they're not just looking at something that's not moving and fixing their eyes on it. But they said the professionals, those that have been trained for years and years and years, they are actually able to control their brain to block out the sounds that are coming in their ear. Because they said, it's not your eyes that makes you dizzy. It's actually the sound in your ears that make you dizzy. So they're able to block out the sound in their ears and not focus on what they're hearing. Is this preaching or not? So when they're not focused on what they're hearing and they're locked in on what they're seeing, something that's stationary, they're able to stay focused when everything is spinning. Can I teach you how to stay grounded when everything in your life is spinning? 
Maybe it's not coronavirus. Maybe it's some diagnosis from a doctor. Maybe it's some situation in a relationship or your finances or so many people in this season have either lost their job as due to the virus or have been suspended for it. Here, lock your eyes on the one thing that is not moving and that's Jesus. And make a decision that I'm going to filter what comes into my ears. The Bible says taking every thought captive and making it obedient to God. Like never before, it's, been, it's vital that we're spending our mornings with God. Saying, God, before I wake up and deal with homeschool. Oh my gosh, that's a whole nother. Some of y'all like, did I give birth to these kids? Can I send them back to school? Before I deal with all I have to deal with. God, I'm locking my eyes on you. God, I'm filtering what's coming into my ears. I'm fixing my eyes. So the first thing is this, fix your eyes on Jesus. The second thing is this, control what I can control. What am I doing while I'm waiting? I'm controlling what I can control. Here's the thing. This paralyzed man put all his attention on what he could not control. He said, this person can't help me. I, I, I can't be the first one in the water. And, 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 and he's just talking about this can't happen, that can't happen, that can't happen. But here's the thing. He could control something. Yeah. And you're like, he's paralyzed. There's probably not much he can control. He can control his hope. Yeah. He can control the words that was coming out of his mouth. Yeah. He, was control, he could control where he was putting his attention to in seasons where things are just thrown up in the air. So often we just feel so helpless. We feel out of control. And by the way, you never were in control. The situation just brought into reality what you were unaware of. We, that we, we do not have control of this world. It is just that simple. But there are some things that you can control. I, I was thinking when I was 18 and, and uh, my dad's probably watching this. I don't know how much of this story I can tell. But I skipped class and I ran down to Sorrento's on Route 40, grabbed some, they, I don't know if Sorrento's still open, but the best, well, now ain't nothing open right now. <laughs> that wasn't good. Anyway, they have the best crinkle cut fries ever. I would go down there, uh, jumped out of CCBC class, ran down there, grabbed me some fries and, and, and uh, cheese steak, and I'm driving back to class. I wasn't going to class. I just going to eat my lunch outside in the parking lot. And it was raining, so it was slick. And my car started to spin out of control. I didn't say fishtail, like 360 degrees. And it, it's like life had slowed down. It started to spin into oncoming traffic. And I, I don't know what happened. I want to call it an angel, the grace of God. But it all of a sudden started spinning out of oncoming traffic. And I'm just like, God, thank you. Oh, no. I look up and I'm not spinning into an oncoming car. I'm spinning into a tree. And I'm like, oh God, you wanted to kill me. You just wanted to kill anybody else. So you're going to kill me on this street. <laughs> and the car, I mean, it was, I put my guardian angel to work that day. It paralleled parked perfectly on the side of the curb right next to the tree. Car wasn't dented, unscratched. I'm a French fries were all over the floor. That was a crying shame right there. But as my car was spinning out of control, I had no control of the car, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean I was completely out of control. Wow. I could make a decision to throw my hands in the air or to keep my hands on that steering wheel and at least try to overcorrect. Yeah. I could make a decision to stomp on the gas or to stomp on the brakes. Yeah. I can control whether I was going to close my eyes and scream yeah. or whether I was going to open my eyes and brace for the impact. 
You see, even when life feels like it's out of control, there are still things that you have control over and you need to make a decision. Am I just going to surrender? Am I going to play the victim? Am I going to say there's nothing that I can do? And here's what God really just kind of challenged me on. Hey, in the midst of everything going crazy and everything being different, you lock on on what I called you to do. What are those things that you were believing God for, that you were contending for, you were going after? Hey, if you were looking to solidify your marriage, to build a closer relationship with your spouse, are you going to stop because restaurants are closed? Well, well, we can't have date night anymore. You know what date night is? Kids go to bed at 6 p.m. Yeah, I I live in the same house. That's impossible. Okay, 8 p.m. And you say, hey, we're going to have date night in our living room over this quarantine food right now. Grab grab me a roll of toilet paper. (laughs) Seriously, were you believing God for a miracle in your finances? Are are you going to stop believing? Are you going to stop paying off debt? Are you going to stop budgeting just because something in your life is spinning out of control? Were you believing God to do something great in your spiritual walk? Are you going to just throw up your hands and completely say, you know what? One area of my life is spinning out of control, so I'm just going to surrender it all. No, control what you can control. Then the last thing is this. Let me give you this. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says this. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I think this season of life has stolen the heart of a lot of people. And once again, maybe it's not the virus. Maybe it's a job loss. Maybe it's it's not getting the job that you wanted or something like that. But, But you had these goals. You had these visions. You were believing God for something. And then something started to spin out of control and you lost heart. And I'm believing in this moment that God is going to revigorate your heart. He's going to put hope back in. It says, do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. There's something that crisis does. For some people, if you allow it, crisis will paralyze you. But for some of you, if you allow it, crisis will activate you and will get you. I'm, I'm not sitting around. I'm not giving up. I'm not saying I can control everything, but I'm going to control what I can control and I'm going to go after it. Here's my thought. When it comes to having a baby, which I know nothing about. <laughs> this is funny. It's not funny. Uh, so when, my, when Zoe was born, I did fine. When Roman was born, I nearly passed out. Because the, 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 the doctor was telling my wife, hold your breath and push. And I so wanted her to hold her breath. I was holding my own breath. So I'm like. <laughs> and so Roman comes and the doctor's like, do you want to see him? And I literally said, no, give me a moment. <laughs> I was like, if I don't sit down, I'm going to pass out. It's like I said, I don't know anything about childbirth, but here's what I do know enough of. That the greatest pain usually is right before the promise that you've been believing for. So you can make a decision. Am I going to get obsessed over the pain or am I going to lock on on the promise? So I'm just throwing out dates. I don't really know exactly when, but let's just say the fear struck at March 15th. And that's when fear paralyzed you or the divorce happened in 2011 or whatever it may be. And because you're waiting to get control of that area, you've just stopped everything else. 
I don't know when this is going to start back, but let's just say it starts back at April 1st, or, or uh, well, let's say April 1st. It's going to start at April 1st, not March 17th. Like time is not going to stop just because things changed. And what could possibly happen is our faith, our hope, our projects, our visions, our dreams could be paralyzed back in March 15th when life has moved on. I can't control everything, but I'm going to control what can I control. Last thing is this, last thing is this. Refuse to stay where I am. So, so here's what I'm doing while I'm waiting. Fixing my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to control what I can control and I'm going to refuse to stay where I am. So, so <laughs> I love Jesus. He's nicer than me. He looks at the man. He says, do you want to be made well? And the man says, uh, nobody helped me in. Everybody gets in before me. There's nothing I can do about it. Jesus completely ignored him. And he said, be made well, pick up your mat and be on your way. Yeah. And it says, here's what happened. The man's body was made whole. He picked up his mat and he walked. Somebody said whole, whole. picked up mat and then he walked. But he'd been paralyzed for 38 years. Can I just tell you what I would have done? I would have walked. I'd have tested this thing out. Okay, we good? Are we safe? All right, I think it worked out. Now I'll pick up my mat. He picked up his mat before he knew that it had changed. And here's what I believe. I believe by faith he was just making a decision. I'm not coming back to this mat. Jesus has made me whole and I'm not coming back to this situation. You kind of picture, it breaks my heart as you drive through different parts of the city or whatever it may be and you'll see these homeless shelters where they'll have a tent that's set up and they'll, they'll go out and do whatever they do during the day but they'll leave their tent set up because they're planning on coming back to that homeless situation. Could you imagine that homeless person one morning before they go out, they break their tent down and everybody else is like, what are you doing? I have no intention of coming back at the end of the day. So I'm going to pack up the past because I'm not coming back here. God has made me whole and I am going forward. Here's what happens when life starts to spin and crisis comes. And I know it's happening. Temptation comes to go back to something that God has already made you whole from. And you have to make a decision. I refuse to go back to hopelessness. I refuse to go back to faithlessness. I refuse to go back to that abusive relationship that was not God's best for me. I'm not going back to that situation. I, God said He is doing something new in my life. And He's not a liar. Nothing's changed just because something I didn't expect is coming. So what's your mat that you need to pack up? And say, no, 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 no. My marriage hasn't changed the way that I thought it was going, but I'm not going back to bitterness. I'm not going back to selfishness. I'm not going back to thinking of a way out. I'm not going back. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. You can be in Christ and in chaos because the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. But just because life is spinning out of control doesn't mean that you're not in Christ. It says that anyone is in Christ, the old things have passed away. Behold, it's almost just like, you didn't expect this, but watch this. Everything's become new. Everything is brand new. So we're gonna make a decision. I can't control everything, 
hope. And I'm not fixing my eyes on CNN, Fox, NBC, ticker tape, your cousin who doesn't work at the Pentagon. I am fixing my eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of my faith. I'm not going to sit in my pajamas at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. I'm going to wake up, take a shower, get dressed, and I'm going to control what I can control. And I, as old saints used to say, and I'm not going to backslide. And not just spiritually. I'm not going to go back to not believing God for great things. I'm not going to go back to, to not hoping for progress in my marriage or my children's lives or whatever. I refuse. I'm packing up my mat and I am going after everything that God promised me because he's not like man. He cannot lie. If he said it, he's going to do it regardless of what's spinning out of control. Can I pray for you? Father God, we're, we're, we're grateful that physically, God, things may have changed and we may be quarantined or locked away, but God, our faith is not locked up. Our hope in you is not locked up. And most importantly, your presence and your power is not locked up. God, I pray in this moment, God, that you would help us to get our eyes off of fear, off of doubt, off of worry, and affix our eyes on Jesus to get back to the things that we can control and to make a decision that we're not going to go back. Just where you are, whether you're in your living room or, 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 or wherever you find yourself right now, can you just do this for me? Can you just close your eyes? And just pray this prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And just give God a moment. Maybe he wants to use all of this to get your attention. Let him make this moment personal to you. Maybe you realize for the first time, I've never fixed my eyes on Jesus. I've been aware of him or I was oblivious of him, but I've never locked my eyes on him. Well, here's what the Bible says. He's an author and a finisher. He, he's the beginning of really existing. He's the beginning of life. He's the beginning of hope. He's the beginning of everything that you're looking for. If you're in here and you say, I've never, I've never looked to God for anything, but I want to. I want him to be my Lord. I want him to be my savior. I want him to be my anchor. You can make that decision right now. You can do that by, by praying this prayer with me. And, and wherever you are, no matter whether you're praying it out of encouragement for somebody that's making that decision, pray this, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for not changing, even though everything around me may. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for enduring the cross so that all of my sin, all of my mistakes can be erased. Today, I lock my eyes on you. I surrender my life to you and I give you access to my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior and use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, y'all. Can you celebrate? People who just made the greatest decision ever. Thanks again for tuning into this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church, and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.